Amen. 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 You may be seated. Welcome this morning. It's great to be with you. Uh, just want to give you a real um, quick update before I share a couple of scriptures with you. Um, this past week, uh, Phil Atwood and I went to uh, sort of a quick trip to Indonesia. It was a very tr- quick trip, so I'm a little bit tired still. Um, with uh, even my eye makeup, I look uh, dreadful. So um, sorry about that. We got back in last night, and I just want to say thanks to Phil for coming. Just keep me company, uh, keep me safe. He takes time out of his business, so he not only pays to come, but he also um, puts his business on hold while he comes. So I really value and honour that and appreciate that very much. Uh, we went up there just to follow up a few projects. I uh, don't know if you saw the video that was on Facebook during the week, but the elders last year, late last year, agreed to go ahead with the purchase of some land so that we can build the Bible school building in Indonesia in our partnership as we continue to strengthen our partnership with the church network in Indonesia. Uh, we feel as a church that we're called to disciple, develop, equip, and release, to empower, to make the church stronger. And there's a, there's a demand, there's a cry, there's a need for more churches in Indonesia, for more pastors to be trained and released to go and evangelize. You know, we personally here believe that it's about locals evangelizing locals, nationals evangelizing nationals. You know, as much as they like to put the white man on show when I'm there, I really am not as effective as a local person who lives in a village, who ministers love, who practically helps, who speaks the gospel every day, it's far more effective for building the kingdom of God. And so as a church, we're looking to invest into that. And I thank you for your partnership in that as part of our vision offering. Uh, the elders have a portion some money for that project. So we went to check up on that. We, uh, they have been working tirelessly and cleared the land. Um, uh, in the heat of the sun, they've uh, cut down some trees and cleared the land so we can see what we're working with. Uh, we're now making plans to raise up, to reclaim that land because it's a bit swampy. Uh, and, and to my utter delight, you know, one day um, we're sitting there uh, having, having some rice together, as you do three times a day. Um, I just, you know, because my, my challenge is that, you know, we can do much, but only so much. And I'm looking at the next stage, which is the building, uh, and I'm thinking, Lord, how? And, and don't worry, he'll show us. He's good like that. But as we're sitting there, I'm thinking about raising this up. We've got to build a block wall. We've got to bring in 47,000 trucks of rocks and then, not that many, but lots of rocks and raise the land. And, and it's all done manually by hand. Um, load the truck by hand, unload the truck by hand. Um, and they, they sat at the table and they said, so we have prayed. And we believe the Lord is asking us to give $40 million to the establishment of this section. And... That's 40 million Indonesian rupiah, but that's a lot of money for them. And, and I just, it broke my heart with joy that they've got the revelation that it's not just about the white man always giving, but that they would give, that they would sacrifice, that they would work hard. And I tell you that to encourage you, that they are linked arm in arm with us, that we are in partnership, we are in covenant, and we are working together for God's purpose, for his kingdom in that nation. And as I um, ministered there, not part of the plan, but you know, you turn up and they're like, oh, by the way, can you do these three meetings? And as we ministered to them, I really felt a prophetic word coming out that they would be um, ministering to the nations. 
And like for us to say that to them, they're freaking out because they can't even you know, see their town saved. This is the largest Muslim nation in the world. Churches are getting persecuted and burned down up in the north in Aceh. And then God says, oh, by the way, you'll minister to the nations. So we have to, we have to do our bit. And uh, I'll keep in updating you and giving information. We also visited Hope Village and caught up with them there. It was a great time. Uh, when I travel with Phil... And I encourage you to think about coming with me, um, because it will change your world in a good way. Um, Speak to um, Mel and Kathy and Alina and and Grace and some of the others, uh, Rebecca, some of the others that have been. Um, You'll you'll get a different perspective on life when you come, Uh, Quinton. But but, um, when I travel with Phil, uh, if you're with us, then you'll get bored because all we do is talk cars. whole time we're there. Oh, look at that. Oh, look at this. Oh, what about that? Oh, my goodness, you know, because uh, we're both passionate about cars. And it reminded me of a car my mum had, not that we saw one in Indonesia, but when I was a kid, when I was a young kid, maybe 10 years old, and my mum had an XY Falcon. That was the family car. Three-speed column shift, and she drove us kids everywhere on it. And I remembered uh, one day that uh, she came to pick us up from school, when we only lived over the fence, but it was pouring with rain. So she came to pick up the kids, Um, But she parked on the grass, and it was really wet. And so when she went to leave, there was a bit of a wheel spinning and stuck. And so being the oldest, she said, can you go and give me a push? And so I did. Uh, And uh, as I'm pushing the back of the car, I'm looking at this uh, bumper sticker on my mum's car. Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. <laughs> I'm getting covered in mud. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway. And, and, and I think these cheesy kind of bumper stickers that they used to have in the 80s and the 90s. Do you guys, did you guys ever have any of those bumper stickers on your car? Linda, what bumper sticker did you have on your car? Jesus saves the fish and all that sort of thing. Anyone else have a bumper sticker on their car? No one's going to confess to that. Isaac? That's a bit harsh. Say that again. Oh, wow. Many who plan to seek God in the 11th hour die at 10.30. Okay. Any others? Yes. The retirement benefits are out of this world for Christianity. Okay. Classic. Yeah, no, Bronnie's, Bronnie's saying that was not on my car. <laughs> Any others? Yes. No God, no peace. No God, no peace. Mm. Deep. Okay. There's another one that's um, more likely to be a plaque on the wall than, um, than a bumper sticker. But I have seen it. And that is uh, the one that says, choose this day. Have you remember that? Choose this day whom you will serve. And I want to I build up to that scripture today because I want you to look at it. Now, as you can see around, uh, we've got some different things planned for today. Uh, today will be about engagement and participation. You can all go, yay. We love it when Phil makes us participate. Here's the book of Joshua. Okay, you're really helping me now. Anyone quote 
where that verse comes from. Choose this day whom you will serve, Joshua says. comes from 24.15. Joshua 24.15. So we're going we're to work towards that. Because Joshua, in context of the Scriptures, Joshua is speaking to the people of God and they've, they've gathered them together and they've, they've, they've uh, had this journey. And it's been an arduous journey. And, and even this morning, the Lord's reminded me about our journey and some of the things that uh, we are walking through in preparation for what Joshua is speaking to his people about. So that he, he says, well, come on, let's get together and let's, let's think about this. And he says this verse in uh, Joshua 24, 15. He says, you know, choose. Choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. But I want to build up to that. Because it's easy for us to quote a verse or have a bumper sticker or have a life verse. You know, for years and years, my life verse, well, it still is, but I used to quote Philippians 3 verse 10, that I want to know the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in every area of my life. But the second half of that verse is, and I don't know, is suffering as well. I never used to quote that part, but now I live it. <laughs> so we've got, to, we've got to understand the context and the fullness of the verse. So, so, so Joshua calls people together. He's the leader of Israel. And he calls them together. Look, guys, we've been through some stuff, man. And he calls all the elders and he calls them together and he says, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you the story. There's no Netflix in those days. There was a scroll, but he, he stored it in his office. No one could just read it. Families, when they wanted to pass on the legacy of the promises of God, they would sit at the family table. Or they would sit around the fire and they would share what God had done. And this is what Joshua is doing for the entire nation. Joshua said to the people in verse 2, this is what the Lord God, the, the God of Israel says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates and they worshipped other gods. But in verse 3, God says, but I took your ancestor Abraham and led him beyond the Euphrates and led him into the land of Canaan and I gave him many, many descendants through his son Isaac the son of promise. He's reminding us of what he's done. He's telling us the story. He then says, well, look, to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau, and to Esau I gave the mountains, but to Jacob and his children, they went down. They went down into Egypt. Then the Lord says, I sent Moses and Aaron, I brought them out. He's telling the story. You've heard the story before, eh? You've read this before? The story? You know the people of the, the story of the people of God? He says, well, I led them out through the Red Sea, and when the ancestors cried out to the Lord, I put darkness between you and the Egyptians, and I brought the sea crashing down. You remember that story, the story of the parting of the Red Sea and the Exodus? I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Finally, I brought you into the land of the Amorites, and they fought against you. But I destroyed them before you. I gave you victory over them, and you took possession of their land. I want you to see the pattern here. One, God's telling us that we have a story. Every single one of us have got a story. But look what he says. Let's go through it again. I took your ancestor Abraham, says God. Watch for the pattern. I gave him many descendants. I gave Isaac, Jacob, and Esau. I sent Moses and Aaron. You catching the pattern yet? When your ancestors arrived, the Egyptians chased them. When your ancestors cried out, I put darkness between them. I brought the sea crashing down. 
drowning them. With your own eyes, you saw what I did, says God. And this was what God was speaking to me just this morning. Verse 11. When you crossed the Jordan River and came to Jericho, the men of Jericho fought against you, as did the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Oh my goodness, how many battles do we have to fight? But I gave you victory over them, says God. I gave you victory. It was not your swords or bow, bow, arrow, bow, that brought you victory. I gave you the land you had not worked on. I gave you towns you did not build. And where the towns you are now living, I gave you vineyards and olive groves for food, though you did not plant them. God is saying, look at what I have done for you. And then Joshua says, so now, choose. Choose whom you will serve. Verse 15 actually starts like this. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose who you will serve. So he's saying like, guys, look at all God has done for you. How can there be any other lifestyle you would choose. But if you refuse, you must choose who you will serve. Would you prefer the gods that your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? The land where you are God? Or will it be the God of the Amorites in whose land you now live? False idols of pride and but says Joshua, as for me and my family, we'll serve the Lord. Today we've organized a expo. And it's a serving expo. Because in context of thinking about how we live as family, I want you to remember your story. I want you to remember that you were in a land far away, worshipping yourself, and God called you out. I want you to remember that on each stage of the journey, God provisioned you and provided for you, and he led you. I want you to remember that every time you face a battle, God says, I stand and fight for you. I am the God who is leading you into the promise, to towns you did not build, to eat from vineyards that you did not plant. It is me, says God, that lives like this. For you and with you. And in context of that, choose how you will live. Choose who you will serve. Choose your lifestyle carefully. Because if you don't serve him, you will serve other gods. Lifestyle with God is not about so much what he does for us. But who he is. He is the God who calls you. He is the God who walks with you. He is the God who provides you. He's the God who rescues you. Why? Because as Ash so eloquently shared earlier, he's a loving father who desires to have a relationship with you. So please, please don't sign up to serve him because of what he did. 
choose to live a lifestyle where you worship him for who he is. My personal testimony is one that is far too long to share now, but I want you to know that I journey this all the time. And you might say, well, it's easy for you. You're the pastor. You have to. I haven't always been the pastor. God spoke this to me when I was sitting in the back row, just back there. Not in this church, in another church, but I was hiding in the shadows, trying to work out what the church could do for me to make me comfortable how they could take care of my children and hopefully the, the creche and the kids' church would be good enough to keep my kids behaving. Didn't always work, did it, Jackson? <laughs> he hasn't always been perfect. He is now, but, you know. <laughs> Let me say this. My testimony is that I haven't always been up here. I've been sitting where you're sitting. And God first and foremost taught me that the first thing I must do is hear God. What does that mean, I say? Not my will, God, but yours. You must hear God and his will. This is not about you, it's about him. About your willing sacrifice. This is why the song list today was so perfect. Because you were singing songs of surrender. You didn't realize what I was about to talk about. But you I surrender. Really? We'll see in a minute. So number one, you've got to hear God. Number two, you've got to be led by God. Let me make this very, very clear. This is not about your comfort. Please don't go and sign up for something that you think you can do or that you can fit in or that you can do without God's help. I was sitting in the back row, father of two young, young children, working a career, traveling in my, um, with the job I had, and God calls me, one Sunday, because I was saying, God, I surrender, and he's good. I want you to serve in youth. I'm in my late 20s, I'm a professional that wears a suit five days a week, I have a company car, and I travel the country. You want me to do what? I rang the youth pastor one day, and I was driving, and she goes, we're talking, she goes, oh, can I ask you a question? I hope you don't get offended. I was like, yeah, sure. She goes, how old are you? I was like, well, I'm 28. Why? She goes, well, you sound like you're in a car. I was like, well, this is where I live. <laughs> I work around the country during the week. She goes, oh, all our other youth leaders are like in school or university. I was like, yeah, I know. I'm not doing this because I want to. So number two, we've got to be led by God, not about comfort. And finally, number three, it's about serving God. It's not about my life. Christianity is the only story where you choose to die to get victory. But it means dying, truly dying. It's not about your life. It's not about fitting it in between what you currently think is important. It's about saying, God, what do you want? That I would give my life to building your kingdom. So we're going to run this expo. We've got some of the stations, some of the ministries represented by stations. We have worship over here. Scott's our worship leader, and he's going he's to have some people there. And We've got our tech. Who's running tech? Nikita's going to run our tech station, and that's about the back of house. It's about the cameras, sound, and all that sort of stuff. So Scott and Nikita um, lead that area really, really well. Worship is obviously uh, about a band on Sunday or Sunday night or Wednesday, but it's far, far more than that. It's about leading the church to have a lifestyle of worship. It's not about being the best 
guitar. I mean, Ian, man, you rock it. But, you know, like not everyone has to be as awesome as Ian. It's about worship. A heart of worship that you would convey. This is a gift God's given you to convey to others the heart of worship. To be on the team and serve. We have a... um, we have a promise that we're going to release songs, and Scott's leading some people to write songs at the moment. There are some before the elders for consideration. That's exciting. Why? Because it comes from a heart of worship. The tech is um, far more important than it gets credit for, because tech is only effective when you don't notice it. And some of us... Man, I walked into that one. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. So, over to the kids' area. <laughs> oh, hospitality. Hospitality is going to be in the foyer, hosting and greeting and making, making us feel welcome. That's such an important part of life. Family is our primary value here. We've been talking about it all day. And, that, and to me, that's how family gels together. I, I am so proud when I watch you greet visitors. Because I'm standing here and I've got 17 things I'm trying to keep an eye on and I'm thinking about the message or what's happening here or ministry and what God's saying to the church. And, and you know, I want to be out greeting everyone and I want to make visitors feel welcome. If I haven't greeted you yet, I'm sorry, I really want to. But what makes me excited, makes me happy, it makes me think, yeah, this is awesome, is when I watch the church family do it. And they'll notice someone new and they'll scurry along and say, oh, hi, I haven't met you yet. And hospitality, hosting, greeting, such a pastoral role. It's probably our primary pastoral role. And it's a great way to get to know people. You don't have to be extroverted, by the way, to be on the greeting team, to do back of house. Because remember, it's not about comfort. We've got the kids' church, the zone. Alina leads that. She's done an amazing job, but she needs some help, man, because your kids are crazy. <laughs> and you know what? I actually want your crazy kids to invite their crazy friends. But that's going <laughs> to cause chaos if Alina doesn't have help and she doesn't have time to have um, some support. So go and talk to the zone and the creche. Ronnie, you're going to be there? Yep, so creche. We want to have creche available for um, the young ones. And youth, Jamie, you're going to be on youth? So go and find out what's happening with youth this year. Find out how you can serve. Find out what it looks like. Find out what it means. All you're doing is saying, hey, I'm interested because God's tapping me on the heart. It's not a life sentence. It sort of is, but it's kind of like a life sentence because you have to give your life to it. For as long as God calls you, for the season God calls you to serve, you give your life to it. Clearly, God did not call me to youth ministry forever. Thank the Lord for that. You know, I really didn't enjoy it, eh? I've got to be honest. I felt out of my depth. and, and uh, I felt out of my depth, you know. I'm driving around town with four kids in the boot of my car, and I'm um, thinking, 
Am I really called to this? And God said, yes, you are called for the season I call you. So don't disqualify yourself. Kathy's going to be up here talking about local missions. How do we love the town with the practical love of God? It's vital that we don't just become a club that serves itself, but they have an outward focus. And these are the stations we've prepared today. And there are other areas for sure. Um, and we are working on those, and, and, and there's a lot of work happening behind the scenes. So, but just for today, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to pray. And uh, uh, be careful if you're going to agree with this prayer, by the way, because I'm going to invite God to speak to your heart. That you'd hear God, you'd be led by God, that you'd serve God. And then we're going to have this expo time. We're just going to have some music playing in the background. You can go and um, meander when God says, hey, this is where I'm calling you to, then just go and have a chat. It's not an interview. It's not going to be a long conversation because there's lots of people to talk to. And if you can't quite get to the front, then talk to the others around you and say, hey, what's God saying to you? What is God encouraging you in? Let me share what God is encouraging me in because if we're family and we do this together, then we can support one another, yeah? So we're going to run this expo and you can just have time to chat with each other. And then we'll, um, we'll close the meeting, quarter to 12, we'll bless you and send you on your way. Let me pray. Almighty God, we thank you for our story. Each one of us has a story with you. A story of redemption, grace, provision, and leading. We honour you as the God who is the author of our story. And God, as the author of our story, we ask that you would speak to each one of us today. That we would be a people who hear God. That we would respond as Jesus did and say, well, not my will, Lord, but yours be done. God, I pray that we would be a people who would be led by you. That we would give of ourselves, not worried for comfort's sake, but out of love we would serve you, even if it's discomfort, even if it's not the limelight, even if it's not something we prefer. And God, we would be a God, that we would be a people, God, that serve you with our lives, that we would surrender everything, giving our lives to you as Jesus gave his life for us. So as we go, as we, as we move around, God, I pray that you would speak to us as your people. Amen. Amen. All right, so uh, ministry leaders, to your stations. And uh, why don't you stand up, have a stretch, and uh, move around, and see what God says to you.